Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. Second Corinthians chapter chapter 3 verse 1 to 2 if you have it say amen second Corinthians 3 and 1 do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. So you are our letters, our epistles, and the epistles in the New Testament, they are books of New Testament. This one that we just read is an epistle or a letter or could be considered a book, the book of 2 Corinthians. Now turn to the Old Testament, Psalms chapter 56, Psalms 56 and one verse, verse number 8. Psalms 56 and 8. Psalms 56 and 8, it says, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? Amen. Letters, epistles, books. I want to talk to you on this thought. The pages of life. The pages of life. Let us pray, shall we? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. Spirit that we sense in, in our own hearts, Lord God, that is here, Lord, being manifested in the midst of your people. Today we're asking you, Lord God, that you would move again, that you would speak again. That your word, Lord God, would have its perfect work. That you would empower and cause me to be as the oracles of the Lord and let the people of God receive with hunger and desire, with faith the word preached let the living word preach the written word here today and cause us to receive from you what you want us to hear Lord have your way in this house as we, we worship you and give you thanks for all that you have done, we give you the glory in Jesus name Amen, would you clap your hands one more time and thank the Lord Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and glory. Amen. Thank you for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. I must confess today that um, I have had somewhat of an addictive personality that... uh, before I came to Christ, I was addicted to many things. Thank God that he set me free. But when I became a Christian and started to be involved in ministry, I, I created a new addiction, and that is to, to purchasing books. Not that I read them all the time, because 
I have a tendency that once I start reading a book and I find that it's just not hitting me, then I'll quickly move on to the next. And if you are a preacher, and uh, like many preachers, you might, like me, read five or six books at a time. I'll have one book on the desk, one book in my bag, a different book on my Kindle, a book in the bathroom. It's a family trade. Don't blame me. But life is often like a book. Life is ha it's like a book. It has a beginning, an ending, and, and many chapters in between for the most part. Books are like life. They are like life in that books usually contain a story or stories. And we all here sitting here today have a story. We all have stories, and life itself is one big story. The Bible does not only contain a myriad and multitude of stories, but weaved into the different books of the Bible is the story of God. It's the story of an all-powerful, loving God who created a world for his people to live in and uh, uh, for his people to, to follow uh, the lines of how God makes every effort in this, in this book in the, called the Bible and how God makes every effort to redeem his people who had fallen away from him without violating their free will. These are things that you read throughout Scripture. And it is one great big story of God's love for humanity who drifted away, as I said, from him and God's attempts to woo him back. And to bring him back into a right relationship with him. Uh, we live in a world today uh, that is not just some cosmic array of principles and laws of mathematics that occurs mindlessly. But, but this world is filled with stories. Your story, my story, all of our stories are found in this one great story of God, God's story. And of course, it culminates in the story of the Word. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. In John 1, 1, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, it says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This incredible story of, and I know we've heard it time and again, many men in this world have made every effort to try to become a God. But there was only ever one God who became man. This is the great mystery. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy. There's, there's no argument about it. It is a mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness. It is a mystery. What is the mystery? Well, if you continue reading that same verse, it says that God was manifest in the flesh. That's the mystery, how God did it. Because to us, we, we, we're here today, it's no mystery as to we understand how we came about. about. Mommy and daddy got together and, and then we came about, we were conceived. But the Bible tells us that God overshadowed a virgin womb. This miraculous, miraculous conception that takes place where God himself put on flesh and walked this earth and he, we know the story. He, he goes to the cross. He's arrested at the, 
the end of his three-year ministry, arrested and tortured and beaten and eventually uh, nailed to a cross where he would die for our sins. This is an incredible story, the story of God. And all of us find our lives and our stories connected to, to this one God who gave his life for you and I that you and I might be saved. Praise God. Amen. And I, I think it's so important for us to understand this concept because uh, we are, our lives are very much like, like books. Uh, books have oftentimes a preface or a foreword. Uh, ever read those in the beginning of the books? I often skip those. I want to get straight to the, the good stuff. But most books have a preface or a foreword. And that's usually written by somebody else. And regardless of whether the preface is good or not, it doesn't necessarily affect the rest of the book. And, and so too, with all of us, that our lives, our stories have a preface to us. Your book began without much involvement or control from you. You and I, we didn't ask to be in this world. We didn't, come, we didn't ask to come into this world uh, you had no say as to who your parents would be. Uh, you had no control what culture, uh, what, what socioeconomic background you would be from, uh, what context your book would, would begin with. But the reality is, regardless of the preface or the foreword that is written by somebody else, somebody aside from you, that regardless of the preface of whether it's good or bad, it doesn't really matter how you start. That's the reality of our existence. You, you got to remember that it doesn't matter whether you were born poor, whether you were from a broken home, whether you're from a dysfunctional family and mom and dad weren't together as a child and, and maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you grew up in a home that was filled with violence and drugs and alcohol and sin was rampant and, and you didn't get the best start in life. Maybe you weren't, uh, education wasn't, wasn't uh, uh, emphasized in your home. It wasn't pushed along and and then you were maybe neglected or even, uh, God forbid, that you were abused. And of course, that's a, a reality in our world. But I want you to understand something is that it doesn't really matter how you start. The mat what matters is that you got started, that you're here today, and that you have in the power of your hand, by the Spirit of God, the ability now to begin to write the chapters of the books of your life. Amen. You can't control what happened in the past. That's why you can't get so hung up or hung up on your hang-ups. You can't allow the, the burdens of yesterday to continue to chip away and be a chip on your shoulder. Amen. But you now have the ability to write the new chapters of your book. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. If you're sitting here today, you can recognize that the hand of the author, the ultimate author, it will continue to write the story of your life. Amen. So you've got to put the past behind you at times. You've got to just let go of some things. And that's why it's so powerful that when you come to God and you repent of your sin and you enter and step into the watery grave of baptism in Jesus' name, he washes away your sins. And the Bible says that we are buried with Christ in baptism. 
That means we are, uh, the old man is also buried. The, the sins of the past, every mistake, every sin that you've ever committed, God doesn't remember. He doesn't hold it to your account. He doesn't hold you hostage for what you did in the past. Oh, but when you are born again, come on somebody. When you are born, you literally start a new life with Christ. You literally start a new identity. If any man be in Christ, he says, he is a new creature. Thank God for new beginnings. Thank God that the preface doesn't remain. Hallelujah. But you continue. Praise God. We don't have any say as to what happened. To the beginnings. You read throughout the scriptures. There were many whose beginnings was uh, was, was questionable. It was whose beginnings and starts in life was not favorable. It was not ideal. Jo Joseph was rejected by his brothers. David, was, David himself was considered illegitimate by his own siblings. Moses had to be given away as a baby, put in a little basket and put down the river. It, it didn't, it, all of these that had started, that they didn't have great starts, and yet somehow God did still something with their lives. Amen. God still did something. in where the, Can I tell, help somebody right now? You've got to quit blaming the past. You've got to quit losing looking at yourself as a victim always amen if you're constantly driving looking at the rearview mirror you're gonna have an accident you've got to somehow learn to leave the past behind here's what Paul says he said forgetting that which is behind me he said I'm gonna forget all the negativity all the bad stuff of my life and I'm gonna press forward towards the prize of the mark of Christ Jesus oh come on somebody you've got to let go of these things that are pulling you back that are holding you down that are causing you to get weighed down with the past hallelujah i remember as a kid I, one of the books i used to love reading was i hated reading as a kid i must admit but i like this one particular book it was called choose your own adventure book anybody read those you, you, you start reading and then you get options it, you know, if you choose to, to, to turn left, then you pay, turn to page so-and-so. If you choose to turn right, you turn to another page. And, and, and it has different endings depending on where you choose. Remember those? Choose your own adventure. But can I tell you, folks, our life is like an adventure, amen, that you have the gift of choice that you can choose, amen. Like I said last week in the second service, that life is really quite simple. It is not a myriad of many choices, but the life is so simple. There's really only two choices that you have. Either you're going to serve God or you're not. Either, you, either this morning you were either going to come to church and thank God that you're here or you're going to stay in bed. You only have two choices in life. But I submit to you that if you, you have the power in your hands, the power of choice, that if you choose this day to serve the Lord, if you choose like he said to Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. And God promises that if you choose his word, if you choose to do right, that there's a blessing that will come upon those who choose his life, who chooses his word. Hallelujah. 
That's what he says in the book of Deuteronomy, all throughout the book of Deuteronomy. He says, choose you. Here's a choice. You can choose life or you can choose death. If you obey my word, you're going to have blessings. But if you disobey my word, there's curses reserved for you. But if you choose me, if you choose my word, he promises the blessings in the book. He said, you will be blessed in the city. You're going to be blessed in the field. When you come and when you go, you will be blessed. Come on, somebody. You're going to be the head, not the tail. You're going to be above and not below. You will have the blessings of God upon your life just by simple, simple decisions that we make. Life is like a book, and the books are filled with chapters. There's chapters in life. This is an important lesson for us to remember because... When you find yourself in some periods of difficulties, periods of trial and testing and confusion, there will be some chapters that, that don't seem to make a whole lot of sense all of the time. But you got to remember, regardless of how difficult it is, that life is just a chapter where you're at. There's another chapter. And so what you've got to do is that no matter how difficult the particular chapter in your life is, you don't stop turning the pages. You continue to turn the page until you get to the next chapter of your life. Uh, this, this chapter may seem a little long. In fact, when it is hard, when times are tough, it does seem long. But listen to me, you just keep turning the pages. Sometimes you got to lick your lips and so you can separate the page, but you got to keep turning the pages. You just got to keep turning the pages and eventually the chapter is going to change. Can I tell you here today, no matter how difficult it is, you just keep getting up in the morning. You keep calling upon the name of the Lord. You keep lifting your hands. I know sometimes it's tough. Oh, I know sometimes when it's winter, it's cold to get up on Sunday morning, but you get up on Sunday morning. You get to the house of God. You open up your Bible every day and say, well, I haven't seen the promise yet, but I'm going to continue to read the promises of God's word. And I promise you, when you continue to sow the seed, there's got to be a harvest. You continue to sow and water it with your tears. Amen. And you keep getting up every day, putting one foot in front of the other and say, yes, I'm going to go to work, even though I don't feel like it but I'm going to keep going I'm going to go day in and day out week in and week out and you keep turning the pages you be faithful to God you stick with God and eventually you're going to get to a new chapter and God is going to turn it around and you're going to have a new day oh hallelujah come on somebody for somebody, you, you've got to get this kind of stickability. You need some, some tenacity to get a hold of you and say, I, I don't care, devil. I'm just going to keep turning the pages. You want to come at me? Give me your best shot. Well, all I'm going to do is day in, day out, I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get to the house of God. If it's the last thing I do, I'm going to lift my hands and worship. Every time the music gets on, I'm going 
going to be ready to praise God. Well, well, look at your life. You've got nothing to pray about. That's what the devil would like to he- you to hear. Oh, oh, there's nothing good going on in your life. You've had no jobs. You haven't been able to get married. You've had all of these things. You've got nothing. No, devil. I'm going to keep turning the pages. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep praising God and thanking him because he is good. And his mercy is new every morning. And one of these days, when you turn the page, it's going to be a new chapter. Hallelujah. Trouble don't last always. The writer said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. Hallelujah. It's never pleasant when you've got to weep throughout the night, but you keep holding on because the morning's coming. Amen. It might seem bleak and dark and cold. Oh, but you hold on. The sun's going to rise again. And the Bible says of God that he is the son of righteousness who comes with healing in his wings. Just like the dawn, just like when the sun rays begin to pierce through the darkness of the night, there's going to come a chapter when the light of Jesus Christ, of his plans for your life, of his purpose being unfolded, It's going to manifest. Hallelujah. Sometimes, in fact, you know, in most books, lots of those chapters in the middle are kind of the doldrums, what we call the doldrums. There's nothing happening. It's, it's just, just telling the story. There's, there's not much action going on. There's not much movement. But, but those, it's in the doldrums for a reason because it's setting up for the finale. It's setting up for something in the end that's going to happen. And sometimes life predominantly, there seems to be nothing happening. It seems like there's no activity. God is, doesn't even feel like he's even there. But I want you to understand that something's being built. Your story is being built. The circumstances circumstances of life are beginning to unfold and it's getting ready because there's going to be a finale because every trial every difficulty in life there is redeeming value in it there's a redeeming factor there's something to be redeemed from the difficulties of life and in the end oh there's going to be a finale there's going to be an ending oh come hell or high water that when our life on earth is through should the lord tarry and we lay down our heads for the last time. It is not misery. It is not depression. Oh, but it is entering into a new transition. We enter into a new phase where we are with God for eternity. Hallelujah. So what is is being written in your book right now? What chapter are you in? right now times are tough kids are young money's tight research shows that the the most difficult time for any family is when the kids are all under five hard to get some sleep listen Those four-year-olds, five-year-olds, they're going to grow up. They're going to be able to take care of themselves. You don't have to change your nappy forever. Some you may. But it'll get better. 
you get stronger. You can become a nappy-changing expert. Trouble won't last always. This too shall pass. Transition is difficult. Transition is always a challenge. Transition means a redefinition of who you are sometimes. Transition means the end of something in order for something else to begin. And it's always a challenge to end something, to close a chapter. Paul says, if we have hope in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most miserable. He says that in Corinthians. He says, if, if all of you are hoping, if, if all of our plans, our ambitions, and, and whole life's goal is for this life only, he says, we're miserable. Even, even if you had the grandest ambitions to, to, to become a, a lawyer, a, a businessman, to have five houses, whatever it is, he says, if your only hope is only for things here, he said, we are of all men most miserable. Miserable. Why is that? Why is it that, that if we have hope only in this life, that life we are most of all men most miserable? It's because if you only have hope in this life and, and it's all there is, then in the end, it's not going to matter. Even if you do get to live to 100, yet you become a billionaire and thank God for all of his blessings. But when you depart this life, you can't take that with you. They're not going to bury you with your, with, with your gold, gold bullion and your Bitcoin. And you can't bury Bitcoin anyway because that's online. It's... And, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, thank God for all the blessings. We're, we're very blessed in this country in Australia. We, we live in the top, what, 5% of all the world. There's still billions of people who don't have running water, billions of people who who don't have flush toilets, billions of people who don't know where the next meal is going to come from. We are so blessed. We, we don't even understand that kind of life. We don't even know what, what life is. I mean, I, you know, you go to some of the third world countries, it, it really changes your perspective. But listen, he said, if only in this life is all we're looking for, then life is miserable. But he says, if there is a life after this, and I submit to you that there is life after this, he says, then it makes everything worthwhile. It makes every trial worthwhile. It makes every problem worthwhile. It makes every kind of, when you're living for God and you're getting persecuted at work, you're trying to be a Christian and your family comes against you and, and you struggle to get to the house of God and you've had to work double shifts throughout the week and yet you are still here. Listen to me, it, everything you do for Christ, it will be worth it all. Hallelujah, because only what you do for Christ will last. Jesus said, don't store up treasures for yourself just here on earth, but store up treasures that moth cannot eat, that rust cannot corrupt. He said, you've got to have some things in your life that are of eternal value. That's the only thing that's going to make it meaningful. And when you get through the hardness of life, and maybe some of you here, the books that have been written, of your prefaces have been difficult. Your beginnings have been trying and 
and filled with heaviness and burdens. Listen to me. When you get to the other side, you're going to be saying, thank God that I didn't give in. Thank God that I didn't throw in the towel. It will be worth it all. Hallelujah. Everything that you have to endure for God, it will be worth it all. But that grand finale. Hallelujah. I'm going to come to a close. There's a book we used to read when we were kids. It was called Where's, Where's Wally? Remember that? Some of you primary school teachers maybe still have those books. In the United States, it's called Where's Waldo? Here in the UK, it's called Where's Wally? And it's just, it's, uh, where's, if you've never seen a Where's Wally book, it's, it's, it's a book, like it's a picture book, animated book, and there's tons of people in it in, the, in one page. And the game is that you have to find this guy named Wally who's got red and white striped jumper and a beanie, glasses. Y'all remember that? And you gotta, you got to look through the pages. And you, sometimes you gotta, you got to look really carefully to find where Wally is. But in every page, he's there. In every scene, Wally is there. Can I tell you? In every chapter and every page of your life, in every scene of your life, sometimes it may be difficult to determine. It, it's, it's difficult to see, but you will find if you look carefully enough. And, and you know, his, they say, you know, uh, history or, or uh, uh, you know, past events is, is like 2020 vision that you can see perfectly what we saw uh, that just happened. Uh, it says, but if you look carefully enough in your life, and sometimes you've got to try real hard when you do this. You've got to look hard enough, but in every page, you can see the presence of God in every page of your life. Hallelujah. Sometimes you've got to look real hard and recognize because it, it seems like when there's so much uh, trouble going on, there's so many people on the scenes, there's so much commotion, it seems like in life that we can't seem to make out who it is. But if you look hard enough in every circumstance and every chapter and every page of your life, there is the presence of Jesus somewhere there. He may not be helping you, giving you everything that you want, but I promise you, he will be helping you to get through the difficult pages of life. He will see you through, and he'll hold your hand. You think, well, I don't know how. God, I've asked you for deliverance. I've asked you to give me this, to heal my child, to give me this, and yet somehow he is not provided. If you look hard enough, God will say, I'm not going to give it to you, but I'm going to be with you in it. I'm not going to deliver you out of the valley, but I'm going to give your strength so that you can make it through the valley so that you can make it you may not be able to speak to the mountain and, and you've tried you thought you'd have faith as a mustard seed and you've spoken to that mountain but the mountain has not moved but can I tell you because God is saying I want you to climb the mountain I'm not getting rid of the mountain for you but this is your mountain to climb and for you to get up and build the muscles and build the strength build the lung capacity inside of you every page God is there if you look hard enough God's hand has been upon your life every stage hallelujah hallelujah 
The Apostle Paul was not an apostle. He was not an apostle in the beginning of his book, in the preface of his book. He persecuted Christians. He was a killer of Christians. Then on the road to Damascus, he's blinded by a light that was brighter than the noonday sun. Then he begins to look, and you read the epistles, and he begins to see, hang on a minute, Jesus was there from the very beginning. From the book of Genesis all the way throughout the Old Testament. He was there in the Torah. He has seen in the beginning that, that he was the, the prophecy. God said that you will bruise his heel, but he will bruise the head of the serpent. He was the one that was the, the priest of Melchizedek. He was the rock, the Bible tells us. Paul recognizes that followed the children of Israel around the wilderness to be a, a mobile supply unit of water, a water source and supply for millions of, of Israeli Israelites. He was the burning bush to Moses. He was the one uh, that gave to them manna from heaven. He was the bread from heaven. He was the water that flowed. He was the meat that sustained them. He was the supplier. He was their healer. And when Paul, when he came, when he lost his eyesight, he began to recognize in the books of life that it was God from the very beginning. It was Jesus right there all the way from the end. There's a thread, a golden thread from the beginning all the way through to the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 where he said, For unto us a child is a son is born, unto us a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall call his name Wonderful Counselor. Uh, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. How can the Son be a Father? Uh, the Son will be called the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace, the mighty God. Hallelujah. He recognized who Jesus is. And he wrote that in his book. Hallelujah. I've got to finish, but I believe God wants to do something to, to change Maybe help you. Maybe you're stuck on a particular page. Musicians, you can come. Maybe you feel like this chapter of your life is it. It's not finished. There's another chapter to be written by you and by God. All of a sudden... They were on a ship. The disciples bailing water, thinking this is it, the biggest storm in their life, that this is going to consume them, they're going to die. And all of a sudden, they see a figure in the distance. It must be a ghost. It must be some kind of apparition because surfboards weren't invented back then. But there he is. There's a figure in the distance walking on water. They didn't recognize that it was Jesus. They thought it was a ghost until he came close enough to them and then they realized who it was. Sometimes in the tumult of life, when the storms are raging, we don't recognize hand in the presence of God right there with us. 
to see us through this, this chapter. And I hear the words of Jesus saying, come on, keep turning the page. There's another chapter. There's something else that you've got to continue to turn the page. All of a sudden, when you begin to become an expert of finding where's Wally, so I found him. You turn the page again. Oh, there he is. It gets the time gets a little shorter for you to find Wally. Oh, I know where he is. Right there. Right there. That's when you start walking with God. All of a sudden, you begin to recognize him everywhere. In fact, Paul tells us that. You can see God in the invisible. The visible things are speaking about the invisible things of God. He said in Romans chapter 1, the, the invisible things of God are clearly seen. You can't see anything that's invisible. He says they are clearly seen by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. If you look close enough, you'll find Him right there. He's everywhere. Now we begin to interpret the world through the understanding that God created this world. Now science makes sense. Cosmology makes sense. All, all of the disciplines make sense. We recognize the hand of God through it all. I was asking the question on Wednesday night at our Connect group, which, what, which, what makes more sense? That something like as powerful as God created this world or nothing? brought about this world which one requires more faith that something came out of nothing or that this God who declared from the very beginning in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth hallelujah Jesus is in the midst of your life today he's in the midst of your, your circumstance he stands with you to see you through every chapter. Would you stand to your feet here this morning? Hallelujah. Precious Jesus. He's bottled up our tears and he's written in the book the contents of our lives are written. I wonder what, what your biography says. Yes, the preface was terrible. The background, the introduction was, was nothing to be proud of. But oh, there comes a chapter in our lives when Jesus intersects. And all of a sudden, the story changes. And we walk with a God whose infinite love for us will never, ever fail. Would you lift your voices for a few moments here today? Would you lift your hearts right now? The presence of God. It's moving among us, his people. I feel God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost here this morning. He wants to touch somebody afresh. Renew your heart and your mind. You've come here, maybe you've been stuck. Maybe that have been like some, some books that have been printed. Their pages are uncut. It's time to cut those pages open to see the next, the next chapter of your life, the next stage. It's coming. You keep turning that. You keep walking. You keep putting that... That, that faith into action and God will see you through.
Would you lift your voices right now in Jesus' name? Oh, hallelujah. We're hungry, Lord. We're thirsty for you. We want you, Lord. We want you to write in this book. We want you to write in these pages through your love, through the, through the sacrifice that you gave upon the cross. Hallelujah. We want you to fill us, Lord. The letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. Let the Spirit of the Lord begin to write again a next page for you in Jesus' name. I want to open this altar if you'd like to come and pray. If you want to turn a page, say, come God, I'm giving you a fresh page, a new start. I want you to come to this altar and begin to write that with the Lord. Let the Spirit of God refresh you. If you've not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you have not given your, your life and your mind and heart in repentance, today's your day. Right now is an opportunity. This is a house of prayer. What we do in this house is talk to the Lord. This altar is open. Why don't you come and spend some time with the Lord? Your Savior, your Lord, reaches out with arms open wide, saying, come unto me, all of you that are weary, that are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest for your souls. This altar is open. Let's talk to the Lord. Whatever your needs are, if you have a need in this house, you need healing in your body. We have the healer here today. We believe that God will heal you and recover you. You need God to minister to you. Come to this altar. This time is open for you.